anybody else struggle with your clients wanting to write unrealistic offers? Right? They get fixated on the comp that is nothing like the comp that they're buying, and that's the comp they want to craft their offer around. This process eliminates that. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Tell them what we're doing. What's Hi, up, Gary? I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. So, so I just get, I gave you a little introduction. I'm about to play a short clip. It's like one minute long. This is a, our action item of the week. And then while, while people watch this, I want them to start thinking as I'm listening to Carrie, what are some of the takeaways I can get? Because she's going to talk about how to set the right expectations in the very first meeting that will dramatically impact how your relationship goes with this client. But this is our action item for last week, right? For the last, last week to see. Let's see uh, who we got here. Is our action of the week. How's the volume level? Is that good, Craig? What are you talking? All right. So our action of the week from last week, let's see who it was. It is Connie Roller. There you go, Connie. All right. So Connie has said, thanks, Jesse, Theodis, and Susan for your expertise in setting goals. Um, the SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic time. Connie, I don't know if you're here, but uh, if you're here, let us know if that actually, uh, it's a Craig in the new Agent Power Huddle group. Did it, uh, did it help you actually keep yourself accountable? I'm curious. I've known Connie for years. I love it, Connie. Congratulations, you are our action item of the week winner. So I'll have to come up with some sort of prize other than bragging rights. And next week, we'll do the Jesse, your volume's a little low, but the video's great. Awesome. All right, cool. You like that? So, well, we're still playing with the levels. I got to figure out how to balance them in real time. Without further ado, now that Carrie's here, I want to make sure she's got plenty of time. So, Carrie, I already told him you sell like a thousand homes a year. You know how to sell houses, hyper-fast agent, amazing coach, trainer, businesswoman. And she's having a baby like today? No, when are you having a baby? It's real. The bump is real, everyone. Uh, thank you, Jazzy. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so how's everybody doing today? You guys good? Awesome. Okay. You're awesome. So let me ask you this. If I could help you set realistic expectations for your buyers in the very first meeting so that what they were hoping you find for them actually matches the price range, et cetera, that they have. Would that help you guys make more money? Anybody deal with unrealistic yeah. sometimes? Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's crazy, right? The statistic that I read recently is that 89% of buyers are unrealistic when they start their search, right? So I'm going to walk you through a system that I have. Uh, it's called the reality check analysis. And I know, Jesse, we have about a half an hour today, right? Okay, cool. So I'm going to have to give you guys, I'm going to share my screen here. Are you going to have to go hyper fast? I'm going to have to go hyper fast. Yeah, that's I can do. Reality I'm prepared. Okay. So the whole goal is to help you guys get confident. So, setting so right the now, oh, there you go. In the very first meeting. Is my volume okay? Yeah, now we're good. I just wanted to hit present. So you're good now. Okay, cool. Um, so imagine that our process is three sections. Today, I'm only going to focus on the last section. So you have to do a really good job 
getting the need behind the need of the buyer to make this process work. So I want you guys to practice going deeper and asking questions like you were trying to understand the core motivation for the buyer behind each thing that they're asking for, okay? And then I'm sure you all have a process right now for how you help answer the buyer's questions and create value in what you do that differentiates you from other agents, right? The third part of what we do is the reality check analysis. So I'm gonna walk you through exactly how we do it. Now, <laughs> I'll go quickly through all the funny slides about why it's important. I think we all know that if the buyer's unrealistic, a lot of times they end up letting us go, they end up not finding the right thing, or they end up wasting a ton of their time and our time, right? So I'm skipping real quick here. This is typically about an hour presentation and I'm just gonna give it condensed for you. So we use a tool that we call the circle of truth. I'm gonna explain how that will help you shift their expectations. But the overall premise is that when you're getting ready to conduct a reality check analysis, you take all of your client's criteria. What you don't wanna do is tell them they can't have something because we all agree if the client says, hello, Carrie, I'm looking for a $750,000 house that has got X, Y, and Z criteria. And I say, that's hilarious. I'm probably not keeping the rapport with the client, right? So I think that agents have all different ways of sharing with the clients and shifting their expectations. And what I believe is if you use data to drive that process, you can maintain the rapport and be brutally honest with the client. So that's what we're gonna talk about today, how to do both. So the premise here is, if you have all of their criteria, right? Then you focus on what the last 90 days of sales are in your market, okay? So imagine for a minute that you know everything that's important to them. And instead of just focusing on what's active in the market, you focus first on what's sold. Does that make sense to everybody? Now, I've spoke with rooms of 500 agents before, and when I say this, they're like, why? Isn't that a waste of time? Like, why would I focus on what's already gone? And the fact of the matter is, if you focus on what's available first, you don't know where that will actually sell. Is it selling 5% over? Is it selling 5% under? Are they offering seller subsidies? So imagine the benefit, that, and this is, this is my perspective over the years selling hundreds and hundreds of homes, the benefit of selling, showing them the sold first is you have the facts about what actually happened. Does that make sense to everybody? Does anybody start with the sold comps now? Yes. Who said yes? I can't tell which one of you said yes. Ken, Ken Krotz. Same. Amazing, okay. So you guys are already a highly advanced group. What's cool about this, and the people who already do it this way know this, a lot of times what you find is that when you go to put all their criteria in, zero options come up. And the client's like, huh, 
but that gives you the starting point to shift their expectations, okay? And then before you go out and look for homes for them, they don't ghost you in the same way that they do when you keep sending them things that don't match their criteria exactly, right? All right. So one of the things that I realized early on in my career is if I didn't tell them, if I just told them, hey, we're going to have to adjust your criteria, then they thought that was about me, not about the market. But when I showed them the data, it became super easy. Okay. So resetting their expectations. Here are the steps and I want you guys to write it down. Step one, you're going to put the claims criteria in exactly into your MLS. You're not going to say, let's imagine they want a five bedroom and you know, a five bedroom is not realistic in the neighborhood that they want. They only have four bedrooms. You're not going to tell them that you're going to show them through data. So you put the exact criteria in. Here's a really important bonus. I want you guys to write this down and underline it because it's very important. Do not put the price range in because what you're showing them is the range of price based on their exact criteria. Does that make sense to everybody? So a lot of agents, it's like, hey, the criteria um, that I have is a property under 400,000, let's say. And the agent only shows them the things that are 400,000 and below. Now, the truth is the client could afford 600 if they had to, but instead the agent is like slowly creeping up their price range. But the problem is until they hit 625, nothing else is in their criteria. So this is a way to instantly show them if they want exactly what they want, what the true cost is. Does that make sense? What I find is a lot of the, the clients will shift their budget very quickly that way, especially, and write this down, if right before you get into this process, you have them quickly talk to a lender about their qualification and their comfort zone. When you have those conversations, you're armed to do this exercise in a more effective way, okay? Anybody have any questions? I don't want to move so quickly that I'm missing something important. I got two Please. questions, actually. Um, one, is this uh, done in a buyer consult? And number two, do you guys do buyer rep agreements? Buyer rep? Yes. So here's, here's the process for us. First, we ask about the client's criteria. Then we do the buyer presentation. This is all in our first meeting. Then we close to get the buyer representation agreement signed. We do that before we do the reality check analysis. That's super intentional, guys. So once you just have them on this built up excitement about all the value you're gonna offer from your buyer presentation, then you get their commitment to be loyal to you and then you move right into looking at the, the last 90 days and that's how you identify the properties you're gonna take them to see. Does that make sense? Yes, it Okay, does. any other questions? No. Okay, cool. We're going to keep moving here. All right. So everyone remembers you're not going to put in the price range, right? Now, what happens when zero come up? They feel sad. You need to normalize their experience. You need to say, don't worry. You know, this, this happens a lot. And what I've found is by working together, we're going to be able to look at your priorities and, and create some movement so that we can find houses that are perfect for you. 
Um, so if you listened closely during phase one and you ask for the need behind the need, and let me just reiterate what that means. If I tell you, let's imagine Jesse's my agent, Jesse and I are chatting and Jesse's like, hey, Carrie, um, what's important to you in the house? And I say, oh, I want a huge backyard. And he writes down huge backyard and just keeps moving. He does not understand the need behind the need, okay? Why is a huge backyard important to me? And this may seem super basic, but you're what? not setting yourself up to shift to the priorities of the client correctly unless you understand the need behind the need. Because maybe my need is that I have a three-pound chihuahua and I want my chihuahua to have a backyard. That's a fact. I used to have a three-pound chihuahua. So the, the size of yard that Jesse might be thinking I need and what I'm thinking I need don't align. And so therefore, when you're going through the exercise of shifting the expectations, the more you understand about the why, the more you can proactively solve the client's goals by shifting their criteria, but it doesn't have impact on them. Does that make sense? So in my market- I love it. I, I just want you to say that sentence again. How did you say it? Did you call it the why behind the need? The need behind the need. The need because you can the shift the criteria without changing the outcome of them accomplishing their goals. Like as an example, in my market, they will say sometimes, I need four bedrooms in a single family home but a lot of the homes in my market are three bedrooms and they have a basement. So if one of the bedrooms they're gonna use as a study or a playroom, often I can get them that space, but it's just in a different package. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. So if you get zero, you're normalizing that. You're telling them, hey, you know, I'm gonna help you accomplish all of your goals and we're gonna figure out how to make this work for you, right? Now, the market is shifting. So if they don't, if they only find one home, that's not enough. In my opinion, it has to be three homes that they would have bought in the last 90 days. Because if it's only one, that could be a unicorn that was mispriced or a sale between the family members or something random. If they wouldn't have bought three, you still have a need to continue shifting the criteria of the client. You guys all with me there? Okay, it's very tempting sometimes. I watch my team, I train them on this exercise. You know what they tell me, and we focus on finding off-market properties. That's one of our value propositions. 30% of our business is done off-market. They come to me, they say, hey, I need you to approve this marketing plan because I need to find this lot in this neighborhood at this price. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't exist. Did you do the reality check analysis? They're like, well, we did, but there was only one that sold eight months ago that they found. I'm like, guys, this is not, this is not setting the stage properly. So you have to find three. And this is the other piece. If it's three, but they say, I would have bought this house if it weren't next door to that house, that doesn't count. They wouldn't have bought it because it would be priced differently if it weren't next to the house that had a big dumpster in the backyard and crap everywhere. You guys with me? So it has to be realistic. Like I'd buy that if it was a brand new kitchen, but I'd still want to pay 700 for it. No. So we have to make sure that it aligns exactly. Yeah, I, I, want, I want to pause for one sec, Carrie, just, just watch. Look, look, at the, look at the gallery view. All right, raise your hand guys if you're like, okay, maybe I do this a little bit. I do not do this as it thorough and not upfront, not before showing houses. Raise your hand if you're like, this is like, dude, I'm, I love this. Right, raise your hand if you love this. Isn't this cool? 
I'm just sitting Thank here thinking like, we, we used to do this as buyer consultation number two, meaning we'd go show them houses first. So we'd come back doing this up front is so much more efficient. I love this. It's, it's amazing. It's a game changer because the client. So now what I find is I actually use it as part of my value proposition to get them in the meeting because I say other agents don't do it this way because they just want to take you out and show you houses. I actually would never want to be disrespectful of your time. So I get CEOs, I get really high net worth people that take this exercise very seriously as a time saver. And the other thing, well, I'm going to talk to you about that in just a second, the other benefit. So when you do... Quick question, quick question on that. How are you actually getting them to, are you sending them the MLS feed and having them go through it? Uh, how are you getting them to actually- I do it live. Goal? I pull up the MLS and then the next- And you just go to what's sold in the last 60, 90 days? I do 90. Unless the client tells me I have to buy something in the next 30 days, then I'll only do 30, right? Mm. Because you want to look at the same time increment that the client has. The problem with, they say, I need to buy something in the next year with looking at the past year is that the market's changing. So I only look at the last 90 days in some really unique uh, situations. Like if they want a custom house and it's a really unique house, I might go six months, but I'll never go a year. Okay. I have a question. So how are you doing that distally right now? For instance, with Zoom, you're doing like a screen share like this. Um, and you're pulling up the MLS and doing the search with them on a video call? Yeah, so we do some of our consultations in person still in our area. We still we do a lot of our consultations on Zoom. And Zoom is really cool because they can see everything. They can see the pictures. Like when you're sitting next to someone and doing the presentation, we do two things. If we're at a coffee shop or in at their house, we're using our laptop and sitting next to them usually. But if we're in our office, we're putting it on a TV so they can see the pictures really big. And then they also don't have to sit right next to us, which with COVID is, is much better. Thank you. Um, okay, so let's imagine that the problem is that either zero came up or they look at the options that came up and they say, yeah, I wouldn't have bought any of those. Okay, here's how you're going to handle it. You're going to use something that we call the circle of truth. We actually write this out for the client and we say, it's no problem. There are four things that we find are the most helpful to adjust to help us get some options that meet all of your needs. And, and, and um, they are price range, location, home type, and features. So this is the buckets we categorize their needs in. Now, nine times out of 10, you as the agent already know what they need to shift in their criteria to find options, right? Because you know the market. And so previous to doing it this way, I was just telling them, hey, Mr. Client, like we're going to need to give up the garage or, or get rid of a bedroom or you're going to have to pay 100000 more. But now I can show them live how to make those decisions. And there's a process that we use and I'm just going to walk you through what it is. I want to make sure when I'm ever asking them to make an adjustment to their criteria that I'm reiterating the need that they express to me with that criteria. 
So if they told me having a two-car garage was critically important because of security, they had their car stolen or whatever it is, I'm always going to, to reiterate what they shared with me so they know I care and I'm listening, okay? But here's how I'm going to do it. There's two approaches. One is called pecking and one is called stacking, okay? Pecking is when you just peck away at one thing that's the problem. Stacking is when you present two scenarios and you help the client to prioritize one of the scenarios over the other. So I'll give you an example of this in real time. Let's pretend again, I'm sensitive. My Range Rover got stolen out of my driveway two years ago, okay? So I'm a little sensitive to security. I might be somebody who would be like, I need a garage, okay? But if I wanted a garage and I wanted to be right in the heart of Clarendon, which is where I live in Arlington, Virginia, if I wanted both of those things, they're in conflict with each other because most of the lots are so small, you can't fit a garage in a new construction house. Or if you do have a garage, it's detached, it's at the rear of your lot and you can't actually drive to your garage because your driveway is so narrow, okay? And these are $2 million houses. So if I'm talking to somebody I know it's crazy. I'm with you guys. But if I'm talking to somebody who has priorities like I do, here's how I would frame stacking that. Okay. So Carrie, I understand because of your car getting, got, getting uh, stolen that you want to make sure you have security and uh, a garage is something that would make you feel really good. But you also really value the idea of being walking distance to the grocery store. Whole Foods is your favorite, and it's right in the heart of Clarendon. So you really want to stay where you currently are. So see what I'm doing? I'm just framing it. I'm saying, I hear you. I hear you. But now I'm about ready to ask the hard question. Now, because in Clarendon, the home sites are so small, it's very challenging to get a garage. So if you had to choose to walk a few blocks further to have the garage... Would you rather do that or would you rather give up the garage and maybe have a security gate on your driveway? Which would be more desirable for you? So I'm asking the client to decide between the feature and the location, knowing that if I get movement on one or the other, I'm going to open up the search in the MLS and then they're going to be able to find three most likely. Does that make sense? Yes. James is giving me a thumbs up. Everybody else is looking at me like a little concerned. Okay, I'm getting wave some your, Wave up. your hands like this if it makes sense, guys. Do this. Everybody do this. All right, we got it. Yes? Gotcha. Okay, cool. Is there anyone who's feeling like, okay, I hear you, but I'm not sure how I'd actually do this in my market or I want to practice a little scenario? Does anybody have an example of a common thing that people want in their market that they can't afford? All Another of you should have an example. Who has one? I would say they always want like a four bedroom and they can only afford a three bedroom. Okay, awesome. So is it that if they shift to their location, they can get the fourth bedroom or is it that they have to pay more because there's only a few houses that have the fourth bedroom? What's more powerful, the money or the location? The location. Okay, cool. So if I, were, if I were getting ready to stack that question, here's what I wouldn't recommend doing, right? If I just said, so is your name Andrea or Andrea? Andrea. Andrea, okay. So if I said to Andrea, 
Um, so Andrea, are you willing to give up the fourth bedroom? No. That's what's called a peck. She's going to say no. She's like, no, I just told you I want the fourth bedroom. Right? But watch this. So Andrea, I know that you said the fourth bedroom was really important to you because you're going to be working from home a lot and you need an office, right? Yes. And you also really value the location of wherever you are because of X, Y, and Z. You're going to reiterate what she just told you. So let me ask you this. If we had to decide what was more important to you, would you rather have a, a study in your lower level and still have that office space and be right in the heart of the location? Or would you rather walk a few more blocks and have a dedicated fourth bedroom? I think I'd like to walk a few blocks and have a fourth bedroom. Okay, fantastic. So then as soon as she says that, you brought in the criteria. And this is a mistake people make. They only will shift by like a block, by two blocks. No, you say, okay, so would you be willing to walk an extra 10, 15 minutes? And in some of your markets, it's would you be willing to drive an extra five to 10 minutes? So frame it for your market. For me, if I say an extra 10 to 15 minutes, that's an extra mile in the radius. I've opened up a whole new population of homes, okay? And I'm just showing real time on the MLS, okay? So I know we're almost out of time. I'm going to give you one other. I'm actually going to stop sharing my screen so you can focus on this tip. Hold on one it's second It's so here. good, Carrie. If you read the chat box later, so people are loving this. It's really good stuff. Oh, and I haven't been able to see the chat box. Now I can see it. I had the presentation on your face is really big. Um, did I miss any questions, Jesse? No, no. They were just all people were commenting on good stuff. I'll send you the Zach. If you you can email us, carry the transcript of the chat. It's re it's really Please. good stuff. And if you guys, if there's any questions that I didn't well, hit, or you have any when we're done, because well, I know well, we're just trying to knock well, it out. Well, well, one one question actually, that someone did ask. Um, do you, like, do you will you share the slides? Do you want to post those in the in the Facebook group? Do you have a, a your website that we can send people to? Like, if, if well, we'll share them with um, your team, Jesse, and then they can send them out afterwards. Is that cool? Yeah, fine. I'm technologically horrible. The good news is I learned how to do the reality check analysis and it made me a lot of money. So you guys can do that too. I know you can, but Kat can send you the presentation for sure. So here's the last key. Okay. Anybody else struggle with your clients wanting to write unrealistic offers, right? They get fixated on the comp that is nothing like the comp that they're buying. And that's the comp they want to craft their offer around. This process eliminates that because here's the deal. They're telling you the three they would have bought. Now, those three are the closest to what they're going to put an offer in on. So instead of evaluating all of the comps and studying those, when you find the house, you pull up the three comps and that's how you do your CMA to help guide them to their offer. You guys see the difference there? You're, you're comparing like properties instead of the really shitty properties that have like horrible backyards that back to a power plant. And somehow when, when you're asking them up front, they're like, I would never buy that, that property, blah, 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 blah. Right. But then when you go to show them the comps, when they've identified the home, they fixate on the price and they can't focus on the big picture. Those don't even come into play because you just simply pull back up your reality check analysis. You guys with me?
you use this throughout the process to reset expectations if you need to. And the better you get, I will encourage you, find a friend who's also trying to improve their skills and practice stacking the questions. If you get good at that, they won't say no to you. They'll feel cared about, understood. They'll feel like you have their back and you can solve their problems and get massive adjustments. We'll have a $300,000 price adjustment in the first meeting instead of suffering through weeks of looking at terrible properties. Does that make sense? Is that helpful? So good. Carrie, this is awesome. Guys, if you like this, check out, Carrie's got a program called Hyperfast Agent, right? She's got a ton of content. We'll have her back again pending whenever the baby shows up, Carrie. Uh, we will, uh, we'll have, whenever you're ready, we'll have you back on again. Like, uh, we'll, on, I'll, I'll tag in some stuff in the, uh, in the Agent Power Huddle Facebook group, just if people have questions, like Andrea's asking about a method for working married couples, but we gotta leave something for next time, right? <laughs> well, I'm having to answer any questions. You guys can always find me on social media. Um, did I did I miss any questions? No, no, no. And we're 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 at the we're at the end of the call. I, mean, I always say always leave them wanting more. Anyway, it's good. So PT Barnum says right. So, <laughs> well, Carrie, guys, you're amazing. Being here today and being committed to your growth, it's awesome. Dude, this is so good. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a have a great Friday, Carrie. Thanks so much. It's great. Have a great day, guys. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Awesome. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you.